Hello, everybody. Welcome to another exciting episode of Meet, Act, and Part. And we're your hosts. I'm Greg Knott. I'm Bill Hostler. And I'm Darren Laners. And we appreciate everybody tuning in again to uh, episode number five. So today we're going to take a timely topic and spin it into a discussion that Bill and Darren and I were kind of having offline, and that is the coronavirus. And we know you have heard more than you'll ever want to know in your life about coronavirus, but what it does is bring up an, an interesting discussion about lodge meetings. So just, you know, real quick on the coronavirus, it's something we've been talking about at work. You know, it's kind of you go back to kindergarten and use your mother's advice of wash your hands and then wash your hands again. And pretty much and turn off the Internet, except for me to act in part podcast, and you'll be in very good shape. Again, you go to the bathroom, wash your hands. You touch your face, wash your hands. That is kind of where we're going to go with coronavirus. Uh, but in all seriousness, what the discussion has come up is what happens if we are meeting in large groups? And large groups could be, I think, anybody with five or six or more people. There's no exact definition of it. In the work sense, a lot of what we're looking at where I work is, could you telecommute? Could you work from home? Can you, do you have the internet bandwidth at home to, to get online and do the work. And Bill and Darren and I kind of got to talking and thinking about, well, what does that mean for masonry? You know, because masonry, we, we tend to meet in person. And so we're just going to talk through in this coming age, is there a possibility that we need to consider other options than the in-person meeting? So let me throw it out to Bill. Bill, what are you What's your thoughts or what are you hearing out there in Oklahoma about the coronavirus? Pretty much around here, they're kind of like saying, well, you know, alcohol isn't allowed in lodges, so we don't even have to worry about it, you know. But, you know, then I realize, then they, I tell them, you know, we're not talking about the beer, we're talking about the, you know, the virus. But, you know, if you think about it, we are an aging group. We are, far, you know, further and further apart. And maybe it is an idea, not, I don't think it'll ever replace getting together and meeting on the level, but maybe it could be made an option for some lodges. I mean, if lodges here in Oklahoma, there's people that live three, four hours away. If they can, you know, get together and do conduct lodge business in a, you know, online version, maybe that might be the way, you know, at least, at least in these times, because I mean, right now people are even afraid to shake hands and that's, you know, most every lodge meeting, that's an integral part is touching, you know, shaking hands, you know, even hugs and that. I mean, maybe it's just something we ought to not replace lodges with, but at least consider it to be, an, you know, a possible alternative or at least an option. Yeah. Darren, what, what's your early thoughts on this? To be honest, I don't know that internet or virtual meetings are going to be able to replace the intimate setting of the fellowship you have with your brothers in a lodge meeting. That being said, from a business perspective, can read the minutes, pay the bills, all of that stuff, that's fine for a virtual meeting. But for example, if for lodge education, if you have a presentation, does the presentation hold as much importance or capture the attention of your audience over sharing your screen, uh, sharing the PowerPoint screen and talking about it? I think there's something, something to be said about 
that in-person interaction. And as we said, I think, and maybe it's just because I'm I'm a skeptic at heart, but we've been through this coronavirus drill before, you know, H1N1 was a few years ago. It was the same type of panic situation. So I think, first of all, we need to obviously, during flu season, you should be doing these things anyway. You should be, you know, washing your hands. You should making sure that you're covering your mouth if you're sneezing, coughing, etc. That's just common sense in my mind. So I don't think any of that should change. That should just be common sense. From the uh, other perspective of how bad is this going to get? Is it going to be uh, another Spanish flu epidemic? I think that remains to be seen. And as of right now, I just think that, as with everything, the media is overblowing it. I agree with you quite a bit. And I mean, I don't know that we'll ever see another Spanish flu. They, you know, in 1919, they didn't have the technology or the um, education that a lot of our medical people have today. And I don't know that, and thank God that. You know, we know a lot more about things like that now. I mean, I don't believe there was a CDC at that time. And I do agree that, you know, this is much to do about nothing. But I think you're right. You know, paying the bills and that online, that might be, might be an option. But, you know, there's a, I've known a, well, one of our midnight, couple of our midnight Freemasons, Robert Johnson and Steve Harrison, I know both do Skype presentations to lodges all around the world. And they, that seems to be well received. And it's a way for a lot of these lodges in faraway places to get speakers that they would never ever actually be able to afford to have come to their lodge and give them, you know, individual attention that they would never be able to have in any other way. So it might not be a bad idea. I mean, it's not like we were just originally discussing where like that, that lodge it meets the castle something that John Ruark and them belong to. But it's another tool that we could possibly look at down the line. There is an internet lodge already that uh, is through uh, United Grand Lodge of England. I think it's internet lodge number one. I know that uh, our former senior warden at uh, St. Joe, Glenn Overby, was a member of that lodge. I know that uh, he he had nothing but favorable things to say about it. So I think most lodges already, at least I know uh, the ones that are semi-progressive or not even semi-progressive, are already emailing minutes, emailing the treasurer's report, and just reading the minutes and paying the bills as read. So I don't think that's such a big issue. I didn't think about uh, the Skype presentation. You are correct. I know that RJ and both uh, RJ and uh, Steve are doing that. So uh, I guess technically, yeah, I think you could probably do everything you do in a meeting virtually. I guess the next question is, how are you going to do degrees? That's not something you can do virtually. So you're still going to have to to meet in person at some point to create new masons. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. You, you definitely I, have to get together for degree work. But the funny thing about the Internet Lodge that the UGLE does is they actually meet in person. They don't meet online. It's just I don't know why they call it an internet lodge. I guess because it was organized over the internet. But it's Internet Lodge 9659, and it meets various locations around the United Kingdom. But, yeah, it's definitely you have to have degree, and you have to meet sometimes. Otherwise, it's not going to be a fraternal thing. But 
it might be an option. I mean, if, at least, you know, if for like a, the, some of the brethren who are, who just don't get around it like they used to. I say, you know, if you're at a, if you live in a Masonic home and they don't have regular lodge meetings there, you can get a bunch of brethren together in like a day room and, you know, at least allow them to watch it over the, a monitor or something. Yeah, go ahead, Greg. We've been cutting you off. So well, I apologize that, for that. That's okay. I'm used to it. A couple points you all brought up, I think, are worth emphasizing. One is that the degree work can only be experienced in person. I mean, you can go out to the internet now and frankly find almost all of the ritual, but it's not the ritual that, as we know, it's the experience of coming through those degrees as to what really makes Freemasonry. I, and Bill, you, you brought up an interesting point there. It, it kind of makes me wonder if we still had an in-person meeting, but yet we had brethren that were away. Could we dial them into the meeting if we still had a quorum, uh, an in-person quorum to include them? Cause we, you know, most lodges have several members that either, either live out of state or older and can't get to a meeting and, and maybe they would use technology. Maybe they wouldn't, but. Just like with this podcast, easily we could plug people in and maybe or maybe they could experience the education if it's a Skype event. I don't know. It's I, I think we could use this hysteria to perhaps think through what are modern ways to include brethren that uh, aren't always able to get there on the particular lodge night. Now, the downside could be is very quickly you can say, well, I'll just dial in instead of driving to the lodge. And and I think you would still miss quite a bit of, you know, the fraternal uh, interaction which goes on with being with one another. Uh, so, you know, there's, there's a Absolutely. Trade-off. And, you know, there is, if you stop and think about it, we've only really had this technology for 20 years, which sometimes seems like a long time to some of us, but we're just kind of getting, we're at the ground floor still on the things that we can do with this. And we're still exploring. I mean, you know, when we first started with the AOL days, we would have never thought about we would be doing a podcast right now. You two guys in Illinois, me in Oklahoma, making a quote unquote radio show for brethren around the world to listen to, that would have been unheard of. So it's just amazing the things that you can do. And so who's to say in 10, 20 years from now what they'll be doing and how masonry will benefit. So, you know, I don't rule out at anything, but there's going to be certain things we're still going to have to have, you know, in, you know, intimate lodge meetings. We're still going to have to have degree work. And we're still going to have to get together sometimes, even if it's just for table lodges or for just, you know, get togethers. We're still going to have to get together and meet on the level. Well, one quick thing I was thinking about is, you know, we have several, you know, at times district meetings or, or things that may be a Grand Lodge committee and, uh, not some of those do meet online, but I think we could probably emphasize those more, if, especially if it's a committee or you're just doing business. Say, hey, here's a convenient way. Log in and you don't have to drive. You don't have to leave the house and we can be much more efficient at conducting the, uh, the administrative, the administrative side of Freemasonry. So I think there's an opportunity if we uh, explore it. So I was going to uh, put on my Brian Ronke conspiracy hat for a second, Greg, and uh, talk about if we are doing a virtual meeting, if you will, over Skype, I guess the question then would be, can we be 100% certain that meeting 
recording isn't going to is secure enough and we don't have to worry about the so-called profane overhearing us debating building repairs and heaven forbid they actually find out how boring our meetings can be so we have a similar or a situation akin at Ogden where we just installed the security cameras and we are turning them off for our meetings or for any of our Masonic work and then turning them back on, you know, after we leave. Is it parallel? I mean, I'd like to kind of get your thoughts on that. I think it's parallel. I think it's, here's an analogy maybe that's similar that a lot of people, as we come up here in election season, a lot of discussion is, is held about, well, why can't we just vote online? Why can't we uh, just submit our ballot through the internet? And it's it's sort sort of the same questions you brought up. How do you know that that ballot is secure? How do you know that that lodge meeting isn't being uh, overheard somewhere else? And so I think as good as the internet is in terms of accessibility and ability to connect people, as I think you're alluding to, Darren, there's there's also I think a downside to it that from security issues. Uh, that we need to think about. But then again, as we know, in our home log there at Ogden, uh, we were broken into in December. And uh, as Darren said, we've in, in installed cameras and a security system now. And so we've had, uh, you know, update and, and I guess come into the 21st century with our lodge building. Is that enough? I don't know. Time will tell. But, uh, Bill, what's your thoughts? Well, first of all, I want to ensure in every possible way that we can make sure that um, the Russians don't tamper with our lodge elections. I, that's the first thing I want to make sure of. But I don't know if it's that big of an ordeal, you know. If, if you think about it in conspiracy ways, you know, most lodges, like, say, Ogden, before you got the security system, you could have somebody, if they were really hell-bent on finding out what goes on, they could come in, put in cameras and recording equipment any time of the week, and then wait for you guys to hold a meeting and then record it. I mean, it's just there's no way to really, you know, other than sweep the building or not ensure that everything is always going to be secure. And, I mean, it's nothing, you know, you know, finding out, you know, how much we, you know, money we collected at the local fish fry and how much money we're going to give Job's daughters this week to for, so they can go to their little conclave. I don't know if they did record it they're going to laugh and say really this is the clan uh, the stuff that they do i think that maybe once would be enough for them to really say oh well maybe this is enough i just don't see that being a a real big issue honestly bill as uh, you were saying that i had been thinking and we carry little electronic monitoring devices in our pockets all the time you probably, all of us have probably had this eerie situation where you've been talking about some, something, some product or some subject or something, and then you go on your Facebook feed and lo and behold, you see an <laughs> ad for it. Well, that's because your microphone is recording and there's an algorithm that detects these things and then Facebook then gives you the ads based upon either what you've been what you've been looking at or what you've been talking about, so on and so forth. So I guess then if we really wanted to be secure, then we're going to have to keep phones out of the lodge room 
and I'm sure that oh. would cause a big stink with well, a I lot mean, of predators. Because like right now, right next to me, I have a young lady named Alexa who will pretty much look for anything that I ask for, and she's probably going to talk to me here any second. But it's just it's everywhere now. You just can't seem to avoid it. Mm. Yeah, I think we've, you know, we've had some fun here with this topic and, uh, Bill, I think you're right about we don't want the Russians to hack our uh, election process, but I think in all seriousness with this issue, I think there's a place for technology. It'll never, in my mind, replace the in-person meeting because frankly, that's what I enjoy the most is talking to people face to face, being able to shake that hand and look somebody in the eye and and greet them and ask them how they're doing and, and have a conversation, which I think is sorely needed in today's society with where the internet has replaced so much of the face-to-face communication. But I think there is a place for the technology with uh, the presentations we've alluded to, the, the maybe the business side or things like that. So uh, I guess uh, as we kind of wind down some of this, I don't think it'll replace us. Uh, the in-person meeting, but uh, it's sure something we could take a look at maybe on our business side of things, but I would never uh, want to see it replace the, the one-to-one interactions and connections that we have in person. Any final thoughts, Darren or Bill, as we kind of wrap this little episode up? No, not really. Um, the only thing I can think of is just, it just popped in my head. What would, what about this? Okay. If you wanted to really have a, a, a state of meeting people would go to, if you could have like a meeting like we're talking about online with just business things with the officers and whoever else of the members of the lodge who wants to come in and vote on like the reading of the minutes, the water bill, that, and then purely dedicate the state of meeting to education and things like that. And how, what do you think would, would that work out? And have the in-person meeting be the education and um, like table lodges and just pure fraternalism? Well, I think so because, quite frankly, I mean, if you're really doing a business meeting correct, you'll have had committees set up. They will have done their work outside the meeting. And at the most, they're just reporting out an action. And I think what so many of our meetings evolved to is it's that's the place of the discussion. That's the place where you're you know, trying to figure everything out. And that's what has caused the education piece of Freemasonry to take a back seat because you spend, you're there two hours, you spend an hour and 50 minutes trying to do the work of the lodge. And and those are things that should be, could be done before we get to the stated meeting. My only concern slash, I guess, point would be that we're already doing education is in our meetings. Uh, I don't know that just having a meeting solely based on education is really going to bring out the people that aren't coming out already. So I don't know. Obviously, if we knew the answer to the attendance problem, then we would co-authoring a book and uh, selling it on Amazon and hopefully making enough profit to, you know, repair our dilapidated lodge buildings, et cetera, et cetera. I'm being a little facetious, but my point is that there are already so many distractions for the men that uh, we are a targeting to join or the members that aren't coming. I don't know that getting that we're going to get any more attendance, even if we were to go to a virtual business meeting, if you will, and then have an in-person table lodge uh, education. 
et cetera. Uh, just case in point, we at our uh, York Wright chapter, admiration chapter that meets in Homer, we tried to do a table chapter our last meeting end of January. And I advertised the thing all over the place. And usually people aren't been to a couple table lodges, but I've never seen a table chapter done in the York Wright setting. And I thought, we're going to get a lot of people for this. Well, we had our normal turnout, which was, I think we had maybe nine guys there, Greg. I, I think uh, if I'm remembering, maybe less than that. So my point is that I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I do know that, uh, we're at a point where I think we're going to have to accept that 95% of the brethren that are Masons aren't going to be active Masons. And we're going to have to make do with the other 5% that are active. And you know, I, I, don't, and know. I don't think that, I don't think that's no, not I think it's problem, always been right? that you way. Know, you look back and, yeah. In fact, I remember when I was taking the Master Craftsman's course here at the Scottish Rite. I, one of these days I'm going to write about it. I've been saying that for three years. But there's a chapter in um, this one book by Pike that he was talking about half of this Masonic ritual doesn't make sense and it's not really in, in order and three-quarters of the people in lodges don't really know Masonic education. They don't really want Masonic education. And why are they even there and all this stuff? You know, Pike's writing this and I'm thinking, well, I guess things ain't much changed much since Pike was around. <laughs> So I guess, you know, it's just kind of like, no, it's just kind of, you know, different guys are there for different reasons. And we just have to figure out what each one wants and kind of build a thing for them. We've talked about this before. It takes a village and just put that village together and put them to what work doing what they want to do. Couldn't agree more. So let's kind of wrap this episode up. And uh again, you know, to kind of go back to the beginning, we were talking about the coronavirus and, uh, you know, we do in all seriousness and encourage people, take care of yourself, you know, wash your hands and, and all that. But maybe take an opportunity too to, to reach out to a, one of the members you haven't seen in a while where they come to meetings or not and see how they're doing. So, uh, we could use this as an opportunity for member outreach and just see how the brethren are doing. Give them a phone call, uh, maybe a visit. Because we do have several elderly members, this would be a good time to, to get in touch with them. Let's, let's put a positive spin on it. Think about all the stuff we've talked about tonight about how you can conduct business as just as you explore the options of uh, getting uh, Freemasonry done. So that's my final thoughts. Darren, anything else from your uh, vantage point? No, just to reiterate what you said, uh, use common sense, cover your mouth if you're going to cough, wash your hands after you cough, wash your hands after, uh, touching nasty stuff. If you're bath, if you're in the bathroom, wash your hands at, please wash your hands after you go to the bathroom. I've seen it work, guys who are going to the bathroom and then just walk out without any hand sanitizer washing their hands. For the love of God, just practice some common sense. And uh, as Greg said, stay healthy, and thanks for listening. Bill, anything uh, else you want to add before we wrap it up? Basically, I'm going to tell you what I've seen on a sign down in Texas the other day, is when you're wa washing your hands, pretend and treat it like you've just been handling jalapeno peppers and you got to take your contact lenses out. Clean your hands that well enough to where it's not going to hurt you when you get those contact, when you touch your contact lenses. That's pretty much the best advice I think I can give anybody. But yeah, just stay safe. 
keep yourself safe, keep everybody else safe, and thanks for listening. All right, everybody, thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Meet, Act, and Part. And be sure and tune in to our next episode that'll be online here soon. And again, we appreciate everybody's time and be sure to take care of yourself. Have a good day.